Welcome to Aw Crap, the Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah! And we got a very special guest for the, yeah. the final part of the <laughs> Wild Hunt. We got, welcome back, folks, Jonathan <laughs> Marks Baravecchia! <laughs> yeah! I've never been introduced with more fanfare in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve it. Um, it really, in the middle of reading the Wild Hunt this for this month, I, it dawned on me, I was like, he gave us a gift of a picture of Hellboy holding Excalibur. We have to have him on for the wild yeah. hunt. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I started rereading this, I was like, "This is this is where he gets Excalibur, right?" I think he's <laughs> the right. And then I was like, "Oh yeah, I was so excited." <laughs> yes. I, I reread Hellboy like maybe once a year or once every couple of years, but I couldn't quite remember if this was like, like where, where we were in the yeah, area. yeah, right. Because it kind of sneaks up on you. I mean, I guess you sort of are like, "Oh, we're in England," and like it's, but it. I mean, for me, it was very surprising. Yeah. But yeah, it, it kind of like comes in, like there's no like Excalibur's not on the cover of the first issue or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's such a good reveal. It's so cool. Yeah, I, I love that you guys are talking about that reveal because it is, because even if you were reading, you're not like, it's not the first thing I'm suspecting of like, oh, he's going to be his bloodline and all this and he'll pick up the sword. You're just like, oh, Mignola's just, why like like cool he's just bringing more mythology i expect that (laughs) it's also a cool way to kind of like fulfill the promise that he's been making of like hellboy is fated to become king in some way and it's still like it fulfills that promise while still surprising you Mm -hmm. so it's just like so cool Uh, i agree i was gonna say it's it kind of comes out of nowhere but it 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 doesn't because like you said kate yeah like it's there are those little little teases yeah, he's a prince mm-hmm. or a king of something. Yeah, from early days. Yeah, yeah, totally. and the whole time everybody's like, "It's of hell!" Like, yeah. "Oh no, we're reading this guy. This poor bastard's gonna have to be like exactly what he doesn't want to be." But now there's like this little slim chance that it could shake out okay for him. It's great. Like, it's very yeah. satisfying. I agree. It's very satisfying. <laughs> but before we talk more about the Wild Hunt, Jonathan, what what? What projects have you been working on since we last talked to you? What you got going on? Let's Tell see. Last time, well, we just, so I just uh, finished up a Kickstarter uh, for an illustrated novel that I did with uh, the writer J.T. Crawl. So we just got funding and finished that. And that book is going to be out in the fall. Um, so it's an a illustrated fantasy novel, anthropomorphic animal sword and sorcery kind of tale that JT and I have actually been working on or or started working on years and years ago and has been pretty much done. But for one reason or another, just we haven't been able to, you know, speak to publishers or or get the funding for it or whatever. So Kickstarter came and gone, got funded, uh, and the book's going to be out in the, I keep saying, I keep hesitating. I think September is is the the quote that we got from the printer. So like August, September, it should be out. And, um, this is, I can reveal right now that I have another uh, comic book that's going to be available uh, in the next month from, from a book that I painted last year. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yes. So it's called Punch. Uh, it's with the writer Alan Amato. So keep keep on my like social media and I'll be starting to show art and stuff for that. Oh, but great. That's uh, 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 part one of a two-part story that will be also available actually soon uh, over the sort of late spring, early summer. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. 
And it's one that will just be available everywhere? Pretty much uh, no, or? it's another self-published one. So it'll okay, be great. available for, there, there were pre-orders last year. And then uh, Alan and I both will have them available through our websites okay, uh, initially. And then talking to, to distribute, uh, distributors for that or like great. down the line. Yeah. You got so yeah. much coming. I'm going to have to grab it all. Yes, <laughs> I love it. That's great. Thank you. You got everybody out there. Definitely check out all that stuff. And if you haven't, if there's, if you haven't read his prior stuff that we've already discussed on the, on this, uh, the, the, oh my gosh, Mariner, if you haven't read that yet, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. <laughs> stuff is great. Awesome. I hope that that brings you more success. This is all Thank I'm you. hopeful. I appreciate it. Yeah. Before we get into the specific issues and chapters that we're going to be covering, uh, which is the final chapters of the wild hunt seven and eight. I want to just get your overall thoughts. Um, and Jonathan of like, or anything that you want to talk about from the, any of the prior issues that we've already covered, of course, on the podcast, but any thoughts that maybe you wanted to interject on from all the prior, uh, I keep saying, want to say episodes i'm terrible but like uh, issues <laughs> slash chapters anything you i guess you could call them episodes, episodes of the podcast yeah there yeah. you go <laughs> issues of the comic episode. Uh, honestly the first thing that struck me rereading this was i was jealous kate of you for reading it for the first time yeah and i was struck by like i still go to the comic shop pretty much every week or every couple of weeks but there's actually less and less individual books that I'm buying every month and this I wish I had read month to month yeah because it's like the way that it's paced it's beautiful like the reveals are so rewarding it's the kind of book where I was like this is the kind of book that you read and you're like I fucking I love comic books this is why I love comic books this is so exciting now I have to wait which now especially in the past year with everything like being immediately available or, or you know available in chunks like it's it's a, such a, a rewarding experience to be like, I've read 20, 30 pages of this thing. There's a cliffhanger. Now I just gotta <laughs> wait. <laughs> and, and then I'm excited for the next uh for the next issue, for the next bit of the story. So oh, yeah. that was like one of the first things. And the other thing, controversially, I don't know if Duncan Fregredo is my Hellboy artist. I think that's I think it's <laughs> a valid take. I don't know. I mean, yeah. like no one can can top not that they're competing but no one can top mike mignola for style and for for you know starting this whole thing but especially in the wild hunt figredo is doing work that is that fits perfectly within that universe that mignola has established is complementary artistically and aesthetically to Mm -hmm. to mignola's uh sort of visual uh, uh world building but he's doing his own thing and it's really to me and especially in this series and then moving forward too it, he's 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 elevating it as well to to the point where when I think of Hellboy, if I'm not thinking of a specific cover, I may be thinking of Duncan Fregredo oh, rather than yeah. or, or artistically or visually rather than Mike Mignola, which you know seems like a crazy thing. Mike Mignola is one of my favorite artists. He's in, yeah. you know incredible, and Hellboy is his baby. But like man, going and rereading this, there's whole sequences and pages, and like I guess we're not talking about this today. I think actually you guys have already talked about this. The reveal of Morgan Le Fay yeah. in yeah. chapter five at the end. There's a, I mean, I have the book literally in front of me. So I'm looking, there's a, there's a panel that's composed with the feet of the knights in cobwebs at the very top 
Morgan's in the middle, and then uh, Hellboy is at the bottom, and there's a bird that flies. It's a beautiful panel, and I'm and yeah. and, and again, it's complimentary to Mignola, but it's Duncan Fergredo sort of taking it and and going off and doing his thing with it. Yeah, uh, which is just exciting. It's such a great the Hellboy universe is so great and so rich. But for me, we've talked about this before. I know on this show, like there are some <laughs> artists in the Hellboy universe that speak to me less than others. But but for yeah. me, it's, it's one that yeah. I think, yeah, really, really like is, is kind of where my mind starts to go with Hellboy now. Speaking to that, I feel bad because I keep wanting to address this thing on this podcast. But I, I for this is the only chance I'm going to probably have that feels natural is like early on. We were going through the short stories and there's a short story by the early BPRD when they're figuring things out that Oming um, mm-hmm. who created powers. And in that episode, I clearly am like forgot that he did powers and a couple of other things that I actually genuinely mm-hmm. think he created that are perfect. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like him in that issue. So I almost am like, it's like you feel bad because you're like, yeah, I don't like him for this. Yeah, but God, I love him over here. Yeah, <laughs> but it, in the moment when you're recording and stuff, you just come off like I don't fucking like him. Yeah, this asshole. <laughs> so it's I, like a chemistry <laughs> thing, though. You know, it's like does it does their style complement the way that mm. Mignola is writing? And also, Mignola's writing has evolved to at this point where he's like so competent and more mm. confident in telling his story himself, like. Yeah, it's just, a, I think it's like timing and then chemistry too. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think like you're disparaging that artist completely like as a, you know, their <laughs> like, their life's work and stuff. But yeah, yeah, you can be like, I prefer the, these other artists over them for this specific guy. And different stuff speaks to different people. Yeah. Know, like, yeah. So I, but I agree. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I, and to add to that, I mean, l- reading the, the, Reading the afterword in a lot of the the sketchbook in the library edition, and I think mm. probably the digital as well, I think Duncan Fergredo would agree with you. <laughs> like, mm. I think he would be like, you're right. I'm not, like, I consider, he's like, he's trying his best. And a lot of his notes in the back and sketchbook are like, he's like, I, I'm struggling to get this because I liked Mignola's design better. And mm. like, and trying to be doing this. And it's like, it's very interesting because I think that would be so hard to be like mm-hmm. the fact that they even asked him to do it. Mignola's like, this was hard. It's my, like, as you said, he yeah. calls it his baby, but it's like, he admires what I think what you're hitting on Jonathan is that he did take it and make it moments his own. Mm-hmm. He didn't, they found an artist that was willing to be like, yeah, I'm going to do my best to like honor aesthetically what you already built but yeah, we're going to let you off the chain and I'm going to have to make my own thing. And they found they f- what I love. And like, I, I will always think that Mignola is the definitive Hellboy. How can you say otherwise? Yeah. <laughs> like he is, he created him, yeah. but, but yeah, there's something else here that is cool that they, I don't know. It's, it's special to me because it is like somebody having confidence in another artist, but then also com- finally Mignola, I think having the most confident in his own writing, finally. Mm -hmm. Because I think before this, he's constantly been like self-deprecating about his writing. (laughs) Like, and this is like, feels like, oh, he's figured himself out and how he, what kind of writing he wants to do. How how long into Hellboy are we here? Do either of you guys know? Like, I mean, this is like between 2008 and 2009 is when it's being published. So Mm -hmm. like, what, like- About late nineties? Yeah. When did Hellboy start? 
it was like 90 am i early just 90s. Say 92 90s, so yeah so, yeah so this is 20 years in or so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> He better have figured it out. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, shit, you do anything for 20 years, yeah. 93. Oh, yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, there is definitely a confidence to the writing here, though, and 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 like a nuance to it that only comes with that that kind of confidence and yeah. and understanding of your characters and understanding of the story that you're trying to tell. Yeah. I yeah. I think it's I think he's comfortable at this point letting Hellboy stand with these huge figures in in like folklore. And yeah, like at first there's kind of like he's like making up creatures and demons and stuff for them to like hang out with. I mean, you have like Rasputin, but like, I don't know, like, I feel like people would be more bent out of shape if you used King Arthur in a, I don't know, maybe mm. nobody would give a shit, but like, you know, it's like n- nobody's invested in Rasputin and his folklore right. as much as they're in like Arthurian fol- folklore. Like, I think people just give more of a shit about that. Yeah. So it's like, he is putting Hellboy in this ring with all of these like huge recognizable names even for somebody who's not like into this stuff they still know mm-hmm. king arthur and sword in the stone and all that so like yeah. i think it's like it's cool that Inola is letting his character stand with these figures at this point and like i think that shows the confidence where it's like okay we're gonna and, and not only that but like bring his own other characters these other like characters that we'll see at the end of eight that are like they're all in the world they're all together mm-hmm. it's it's so cool it's so well and i think that <laughs> if if hellboy had started with arthur like you're saying or, or, or the story would be it, it's a completely different story if hellboy is hey there's this half demon guy and he's king arthur's son yeah let's go like that's a completely different story totally than where yeah. we are now yeah which is just yeah but i do agree too like if you lead with like this is a this is a half demon Arthurian legend. It's people are going to have different expectations. Whereas yeah. if, you, if you get to that point now, he's like earned earn. it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Hell I yeah! Agree. And it's sort of. <laughs> I mean, to add to that, that's sort of like what the movie didn't understand. Like when they the last movie, they yes. were like, "We're going to throw this at you right now." And the, the audience, especially like most majority of audiences know only the other movie and then or seeing it for the first time are going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it feels pretty sudden. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to add to this, I just wanted to read a little excerpt from the afterward by Mignola about sure. creating these worlds and bringing in, mm. of course, big Arthurian things. He just says this, and I, I just think it's a great comment to everything you, you two are just talking about. He says, I love the image of an old woman in a dusty room, gently weaving together all of these different bits from all different histories and in mythologies. I imagine that's what's inside Neil Gaiman's head. But in my case, that old woman is a giant, sweaty hunchback with an iron mallet, desperately trying to hammer a bunch of totally unrelated stuff, everything I like, into one perfect object. Or maybe it's one of those laboratory monkeys desperately trying to hammer those different shaped pegs into those different shaped holes. Or maybe it's a blind guy sitting at a table with a billion puzzle pieces, just trying to fit those pieces together, unaware that those pieces are from dozens of different puzzles. I think it's a little of all three. I know for a fact that monkey is in there. 
<laughs> it's so funny. I love so these figures that Mignola compares himself to. These yeah. are this is him hammering this out. He's like self-deprecation goes so far sometimes where I'm like, chill out, you know you're good. Like yeah. you're yeah. not yeah. you're you're comparing yourself to a lab monkey like hammering square pegs into round holes and shit. Like it's like okay, okay, okay. But I, I mean, you know, I'm sure it feels like that to him, you know, when you're creating something, you're like, is this any fucking good? Should I show this? anyone but like for him it's like you've you've gotten the you've proven yourself at this point i think i don't know but it's still endearing i don't know i still like i I like mignola it's like i feel both things at the same time where i'm like just be you're so good just like accept that you're good but you know that just must follow people for their whole careers and their whole lives if that's like how you think from the start it's a hard thing to change in your head if you're like it's like a i don't know his confidence is definitely better but to still compare himself to like a hunchback hammering away in the, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny to me. Yeah. It's like, like you're, you're good. You're you one nut. of the great, like right. you, are, you, are, you are a great comic book right. uh, cartoonist. Like you're yeah. a great storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you brought you, you, in a sense, you were one of the, your comic book is one of the pivotal, pivotal changes for the mm-hmm. medium. Yeah, so it's like yeah, calm down. <laughs> yeah, calm down. But it's also I, I, I mean, I've never done in that in anything I've ever done in that position. So I guess it's also a hard thing to like. If everybody looks at you that way, it's gonna be probably like, what? Uh, how do I That's live true. up to this? And, and, and partly, maybe the greatness is in that in that sort of second guessing and insecurity. Not yeah. that they go hand in hand, but like he's always pushing. Right. To, yes. to you know, he recognizes that he's he's got something that is important to people. And pushes, you know, that that's gotta be a weight on yeah. your shoulders, I guess. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I love him though. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Great. Well, all right. Well, I don't have anything unless you have anything else you want to point out or share, uh, Jonathan, just about the issues that we've already covered. Or I think we should we should just go forward. There's so much yeah. great art that I want to talk about and so much great. Wonderful. All right. Well, Kate. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Recap, just let us know where we last left off, of course, and then uh, take us through these next two chapters. Yeah, Hellboy the Wild Hunt. Well, so where these are being published like November 2009 and October 2009. Of course, written by Mike Mignola, illustrated by Duncan Fergredo, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Sky Alley. And yeah, so where we've, we've left off at Basically, like Morgan LeFay kind of explaining Hellboy's place in all of this. We're like learning that, like, basically, like, Hellboy has this chance to take up Excalibur and fulfill this destiny of like royalty through the, through this Arthurian line rather than necessarily like this, his like hell line, his like Aziel father demon line. Um, we also learned like a little bit about Nimue that she, you know, tricked Merlin into revealing his powers to her. And then she heard the call of Agdra Jihad and goes uh, nuts and is killed by the other. <laughs> that's why she's killed by the other witches. Yeah. And now she just like wants blood and that's her, that's her whole thing. And Hellboy is still worried and hesitant to pick up the sword because of his reaction to the giants when he could have walked away you know, he chose violence and all that stuff. He like, uh, it, he gets rid of his like ability to be invisible and just like takes a shard of a sword and starts like massacring these giants and his horns grow back and he's like 
just basically still afraid of falling into this fate and like, you know, succumbing to this fate that his entire life, like these fate creatures and folklore creatures have been telling him he's destined to, to become. Yeah, it's pretty scary. He's he's really weighted down by that. Um, And like, you get like such a chilling, cool scene where like Morgan is, finally like revealed us this corpse and she's like not this beautiful woman that we've like this visage of a beautiful woman that we've seen up to this point and he's like what's in it for you she's like my my son was supposed to be king now you're gonna be king and yeah so we open up on chapter seven and i mean you're like jonathan you mentioned figredo's composition like this first page this big panel of one of the hanging knights with the cobwebs hanging over him, just huge in the foreground with his sword literally like pointing down to Hellboy walking beneath him, like 30 feet beneath him. That's just so cool. It's like, yeah, it's heavy on his mind. It's first and foremost. (laughs) It's like so like, it's like literally like smacking you in the face and then a sword pointing towards him. (laughs) This great sort of like horizontal kind of thing going on. It's great. And he's, yeah, he's just kind of mulling over his conversation with Morgan. And then we kind of get this like, interspersed little thing of Nimue thinking nothing but blood and being like in front of this already like destroyed tree that she was hanging out in front of for the previous issues yeah and help was just yeah think about that it's such a good uh recap yeah yeah you know it's it's one or two pages and it, like it doesn't tell you much but it catches you up again if you are reading month to month or like totally you know it sets the stage perfectly. I agree. And it's really cool. Cause it's like emotionally recaps it for you. It's mm-hmm. like, it gets you ready to be like, this is where we left you off emotionally. Our lead is really in a heavy place. And I think rather than just like, Oh, let me catch you up. Like a classic, like Marvel, like paragraph. It's like, this is what just happened. Recap page or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely not Stanley being like previously on Spider-Man, you know, like some goofy <laughs> shit. It's, it's heavy as hell. Yeah. These, and Hellboy seeming to be like, he's alone, but he's still surrounded by these, the de- you know, the noble dead of Britain and all of this stuff. And then this like panel, this like panel that if it was like a, you imagine it almost like if it was a film, it would be like a quick like bam of fiery blood, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just for like a moment, like flashing into Hellboy's mind as he's walking through this forest of, you know, hanging dead bodies that's that's kind of grown throughout this castle. Yeah. And they seem to be like watching him and waiting for him to make a decision to, to a degree, you know, they're just like ready and waiting for him to decide what to do. And he wanders over to Alice's room. And as he walks in, he sees Vasilisa there hanging out from like back from darkness calls. Which we thought and she was dead too in her little mystical world. The last we lost left her was she like vanished. I, yeah. I forget exactly what it is. He like sees her spirit, but kind of like leaves. Yeah, because Koshtiev Kosh, or whatever the the, the death yeah. was. Yeah. He like he totally fucked her up. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't know like what kind of plane she's existing in. Yeah, right. I mean, she's literally just two panels. Morning yeah. gone. I want to just, if we could backtrack for two seconds. Of course, yeah. Because I just want to. Feel free to interject at any point where I'm. No, like, well, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I got to call attention to uh, the cobwebs and rusted armor. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> so perfectly done and it's so stylized. 
And it reads so well as not spider webs, but, you know, that mass of fucking dust and cobweb and yeah. age. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> That's it. I, don't, I just wanted to make sure that we someone. Totally. I love it. Please. You're here. That's why we have you here. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're like it's like ornate armor, but like has this like pocked hammered metal kind of mm-hmm. a feel. And yeah, everything you can like kind of you can like hear the ropes creak in a little yeah. bit, you know, and it's it's really cool. It's haunting, man. And the, and then Dave Stewart, too, like the, the coloring in the palette, like adds to that sort of mm-hmm. age that those blues, I guess. I don't know. Absolutely. It's, yeah, for sure. And it just permeates the whole castle. It's like mm, this yeah. dead color yeah. is like, you know, even as he walks into Alice's room, there's like a little bit of warmth from the candle. But that's kind of it. Yeah. And then, yeah, Vasilisa appearing in that same kind of blue tone. Like, she's like, yeah, like, maybe dead, maybe on this other plane, like you were saying. And just war- giving him a warning, be careful. Yeah, and then he, so he speaks with Alice. She asks, like, what's going on? What happened? You were offered the sword and didn't take it. But, you know, what, like, why are you hesitating? Basically, like, what happened before you got to me? And he says nothing happened, but she gives him that look of, like, okay, you're not telling, like, you know, there's this great expression where she's just kind of not like disappointed, but she's like, she's aware that something happened. Obviously something's weighing on Hellboy that's stopping him. But she tells him like, it's all going to be all right. I had a dream where I was walking among Arthur's soldiers, you know, uh, they've been, they've been there hundreds of years, but they weren't dead. They were just waiting. And King Arthur was there. He told me that my life was bound to his sword and that I'd be the first to see the new King with his crown, which is like, she interprets as this is great. This is good. Still, I think that's a little foreboding. Like mm-hmm. you're like her life being tied to the bound to the sword. I'm like, okay, well, you could still like interpret that as a, a if you're reading right now with no knowledge of what's going to happen next, like me as like, okay, Hellboy could still like Mignola could get really dark on us and yeah. make something bad happen. Alice. Um, even, I don't want to get too far ahead, but like even sure. at the end of this issue. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. stuff. Some dark, dark <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. King Arthur looks a lot livelier than we saw him in the earlier issues. He's like standing now and kind of like reaching out to her. Yeah, she's like telling Hellboy, encouraging him to take up Excalibur and your army will come and everything will be all right. And Hellboy just has eyes wide, you know, he's like still still not like decided he's not like yeah <laughs> you know yeah the weight of all of this is like you know we have the weight of these soldiers hanging from the branch and we have you know yeah. it's heavy on hellboy's mind kind of a thing and then we see this great kind of like external shot of the castle with like a howling that draws hellboy away from alice as she's sleeping what is that and then he hears astaroth whisper behind him the wild hunt and the howling of King Vold, who we haven't seen in a while, uh, but he's there with his uh, with his like wolves and stuff. Do do the uh, earlier in in the story when the the English nobles are hunting the giants? Do they call their theirs the wild hunt as well? I had the same thought, but yes. I don't. I they do. I believe they do. I'm trying to flip back and because um, it's referenced here also as like some like Herne. They just do it under like they worship Herne that like that that god because mm. like Ascroft's like says like you know you know who rides at the head of the wild hunt some say it's odin or herne or the old 
headless King Vol. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I think what we're actually, I mean, I don't know if this is King Vol because we've seen King Vol and he has no head. I'm wondering if this is Astroth as well, or it's just somebody that, you know, or not Astroth, excuse me, Herne that we're seeing in this panel with the hounds. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I think it's almost, mm-hmm. I, it, it's not completely clear, like with Astroth, like who is it? Who could it be? You know what I mean? But it's like, and then he alludes, of course, Satan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we get this really cool, weird mythology about Satan, of course, being asleep under it. I love I love that sort of foreshadowing and because yeah. that's such a even if you're reading it for the first time or this or the million time it doesn't like those three panels say or some say it's the devil. Satan, no, he sleeps. Like there's a story there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's something that we're building to yeah. very specifically there. And then and then they sort of move yeah. On. I mean, not immediately, but like, I, yeah, it's such so planting more seeds for yeah. Yeah, like as he's building this mythologies on mythologies. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so cool. It's, yeah. I think if the club did does call itself the Wild Hunt, then it's it's kind of. I imagine like though this like larger important Wild Hunt, maybe like they've like read into it their own and like they're like oh it the wild hunt like what we do is the wild hunt hunting these giants mm-hmm. yeah. maybe like either like misinterpreting something or like just like equating these like seven guys like equating themselves and their club with this like level of importance or yeah i was just gonna say yeah yeah, yeah. where it's like they're yeah they're like reading into it in a way where it's like we are that important we are we have that mm-hmm. but it's like this other thing yeah this other yes. way more like heavy supernatural thing yeah hellboy hellboy looking into this i guess like a into this mirror with this chest and crown and sword and f- sitting in front of it and he like kind of approaches it slowly it's as as this like narration is happening it's really cool astroth kind of telling him that satan is sleeping in a pit under pandemonium one day you'll go there. I doubt it. <laughs> Hellboy's still like insisting <laughs> on like being like, no, no, that, me? No, not me. You will. You, you'll you go down into that hole and you'll find him and kill him while he sleeps. And his reflection is like quickly kind of changing into this darker figure that looks like more like his father. Like back when we like saw his father in the, the chained coffin. Yeah, back in the chain coffin. Like yeah. he had that sort of like that like I guess like whatever like armor and like clothing on his like torso. Like that looks really similar to Aziel when he appeared in in the yeah. chain coffin. And so Hellboy's sort of seeing his reflection turn into that, turn into like his father's son kind of a thing. And a crown waits for you there, and the sort of hell waits for you there, and this army <laughs> yeah. waits for you there. And it's all like very spooky. So yeah, definitely like drawing these, this other like fate that could happen, like um Astros sort of being like, yeah, all of this stuff is foretold and it's here and it's in pandemonium waiting for you. And yeah, that's the army that's going to break down the walls of hell and create this paradise on earth for all these hellish beings. And he gets a little flashback to the demon that we saw earlier who helped him kind of dispatch the bridge demon who says, remember me when you come into your kingdom, which is what one of the like thieves next to Christ, being crucified next to Christ said to him yeah it's like the same line yeah that's messed up (laughs) yeah so it's just kind of like a it's like you're a you know he's like an antichrist he's like a he's the this like 
the one who is foretold to like bring it, you know, bring about yeah. this new thing. And yeah, super Ooh. creepy shit. Yeah. And is this where we, we is, there's a line in here somewhere where it's you will pick up first you pick up Arthur's sword because you have to save your world. But that's what opens the door. Or that's what puts you on the path to pick up. Yeah. Ultimately, your is it your father's, your father's sword? sword? Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, you can't he do, says you either do neither or you have to, or you do both. Yeah. Right. It's like, do you stop? Like, of course, he doesn't want Nimue to just turn everyone on Earth into blood. Mm-hmm. But in order, if he does that, he now Hellboy now worries that it'll continue this line of events that will lead him to this other horrible fate yeah. and he'll like end the world himself. It's like, you know, he's really, he's in a hard spot right now. Spot. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But that he specifically what you're talking about, Jonathan, that that language comes out in these next couple of pages while, he, is, yeah. while he starts to fight his, this other self. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He tells them, uh, draw out the sword, call your army, set us free. And Hellboy, you know, he like brushes off, he, he shakes off these demons that are surrounding him. Oh, no way. As like his other self crashes through this mirror screw you boom with the right hand of doom right into <laughs> right into his like alternate universe self like his this other version of himself that could be with this like crown of hell and sword of hell and uh, even as like astroth continues to speak like the sword screw that and like hitting it you know <laughs> still like fighting against this destiny that they're continuing to tell him that he has to fulfill yeah you take the one sword it will eventually lead you to the other yeah so there uh, is like the lines where he's really saying that who the hell needs a goddamn sword anyway you do morgan lefay is right you must take arthur's sword it's the only way to prevent nimue's holocaust of blood do it, save the world. The rest of the rest will play out as it will in its own time. So yeah, kind of kind of more of the same. Sorry to interrupt. I, no, go for some, it. On some panels, the the tail to the word balloon goes to the man, and in some panels, the tail to the word balloon goes to the snake. Yeah. Cowboy's yeah. talking with uh, it's his uncle, right? As yeah, in, I believe it's yeah, his yeah. Uncle like technically yeah. or astrologically. Yeah. I just yeah, I, I don't know. It's such a cool little detail. Yeah, they're like one in the but same. They are one. Yeah. 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 It's really great. <laughs> and just, of course, like all of the like biblical implications of like a snake staff, a snake speaking. Mm-hmm. It's like cool, evil shit all around. <laughs> classic. <laughs> yeah. Some classic evil shit's happening. <laughs> and then, yeah, this like other version of Hellboy is like in like a, it's like, I don't know what. You know how much Mignola outlined for Figredo, but like whether Mignola specifically instructed Figredo to, or whether Figredo just did it, we have this other version of Hellboy evolving, which mm-hmm. is like a thing that we've seen like foes of Hellboy do before, where like like the frog creatures or something from way back when. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's evolving as it's fighting and becoming more monstrous, and the same is happening with this other version, this alternate version of Hellboy is just becoming more demonic, bigger tusks, bigger horns. It's wings. Um, Yeah, wings, longer, crazier hair, becoming huge, just becoming like this gargantuan creature. I thought that this was Hellboy's not fighting like an alternate version of himself, but fighting his future, like that this is what he will become. That is cool as hell. Yeah. Is is how I was reading it. That totally makes sense. I mean, yeah, it makes sense totally in what what he's being presented by Mm -hmm. with Azkaroth is pretty much saying like, 
yeah, you like you're gonna keep saying no, but there's no way you're going to. What they constantly say is you can't avoid this. We're just trying to get you to say yes sooner. Yeah, yeah, it's just like yeah. a physical manifestation of his of this faith that they're telling him mm-hmm. you will become this. Yeah, I don't think this is kind of like this isn't like a. It's not like he opened the door to another universe or something, but it's just like you know a bad like potential like you said like potential future version mm-hmm. of himself it's not my favorite design to be honest i mean he looks the, like the whole yeah. thing away at the end is not is not my favorite yeah i mean i guess they're just making him like exaggerate like exaggerating him mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i don't know what He's do you imagine care. do you like have an alternate version in your head where you're like oh this would be cooler or it's just like like is know, it the idea of him changing or is it the just how like, he ends up I looking like the idea and i like that sort of like the evolution of him getting bigger and scarier yeah and it's really only the one panel and it's and i think as we're discussing it, it's probably like a potential future or a potential evolution. And we don't, if I remember correctly, we don't ever see it again. But I think it just seems like boring. Mm-hmm. It's how, you know, for for a comic book and for for artists that are so accomplished and so so unique, it just gets bigger. Yeah, yeah. right. I see. Yeah, you know? right. Like the detail. It's like that's the only accentuated detail. Yeah, in a sense. I get it. Yeah. And then that, that one big splash page, I can't help but see his his jaw, his bottom help his bottom jaw. It looks too much like a, like a Muppet. Oh yeah, yeah. it does look well, like the one where he's on the dragon, that one where he's on no, the dragon. The, no. Where he's like holding the his oh, yeah, like yeah, right yeah, hand yeah. doom with the sword. I think, yeah. I think all it's, of it he looks like a Muppet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's less like intimidating and more caricature y. Yeah. This is real like nitpicky stuff, but for sure. Uh I, yeah. I, I sort of like, I don't have the same nitpicks with it, but I also weirdly, like, I know that there's people out there that like, that like find this version of Hellboy appealing and cool. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I like my Hellboy the way he is. <laughs> like, yeah. so to me, I'm almost, I like that maybe, and I don't think this is intentional. I think you're probably more right, Jonathan, to say like, oh, be nitpicky about this. But to me, I'm just kind of like, I'm glad that he's not like, Look at this ultimate version of Hellboy. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. That I now the audience is like, oh, we want him to become that. It's more just like, no, it's just uh, it's a sloppy, ugly version. You we like I like the, him more as he is, if that makes sense. I guess like I see I wonder if that is actually intentional though. Yeah. Maybe it is. Yeah, I, I hope. <laughs> I wonder. And like I think I think the thing that is is just like it feels like a very standard devil like i feel like you could play like diablo and see this kind of design (laughs) or like like for like you're saying like for an artist who like i feel like mignola's other creatures are so distinct Mm -hmm. and yeah to kind of feel like you know i think the most distinct thing about this design is like maybe his like torso torso armor and but like which is my favorite part yeah yeah. you know like that design is awesome the that sort of crisscross uh and and like the chains attached to his yeah yeah i don't even know what he's like that's the most like interesting kind of distinct from anybody else's devil yeah that you know you can kind of point to so it's like yeah it's like a little disappointing i mean you get the swirlies the like nice kind of like carved scar swirlies on the shoulders and stuff like that but yeah just nothing that nothing that really distinguishes it from another artist's devil which i think is a totally fair nitpicky thing to say about it Mm. it like serves Mm. its purpose i guess it's like it's 
you know, he's like dominating Hellboy, literally holding his whole head and smashing him down with his own boom. And just like, you know, compositionally, like just completely surrounding him in this circle, surrounding Hellboy in this mm-hmm. circle and leaving Hellboy like completely covering Hellboy's head so that his right hand of doom is really the only th- thing exposed, mm-hmm. which is really like what these demons want from Hellboy. Yeah. And it's literally in the center of this big circle of, you know, big bad Hellboy. <laughs> so I think like that stuff works like the the composition is always like is totally working but yeah i can totally see where you'd be like i wish he looked a little more a little more distinct for yeah and as that's happening i can only see right now because of the muppet reference when i look at the, <laughs> when i now i look at this panel that we're, we're, we're sitting on for a bit but like, see his mouth moving like yeah but i just I, I, see, I, I, I see that character guy smiley from like sesame street that's like the the host with the <laughs> he's, i think his name's guy smiley guy smiley or something like that like he's like he's like a uh, a game show a host. deep cut muppet <laughs> i'm thinking like animal oh see, yeah. from, or, or someone from yeah I just Googled Guy Smiley and yeah, he's totally got a Guy Smiley mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not Google searching Guy Smiley. <laughs> I don't need that, that in my algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's um, Yeah. That's all. <laughs> but then as, as this Hellboy, as this big bad Hellboy is smashing our lovely hero Hellboy into the ground, this sort of light starts emanating from from our Hellboy, seemingly. And then the next page has this castle being like engulfed in fire, including all of the the hanging dead knights and just like the trees and everything. Fire erupts from all of the windows. A sad kind of expression on Hellboy's eyes, super close up. As this is happening, the light is getting gradually like brighter and brighter. Astaroth's words still kind of like ringing in his head. Who do you think you're fighting? It's only you. And then this like slightly darker red fallout from that flame, like all the smoke rising from the castle and Hellboy left by himself, kind of like like fire still kind of lingering on his uh, jacket robe. Um, it looks like it's more on, I mean, I guess it's, it is his robe as well, but like, it looks like on his skin, like, it's, yeah, from it's just, like, yeah. And his horns have grown mm-hmm. and he's just like left there alone and says, holy crap, what did I do? And then realizes Alice, like he has to go check on Alice and that's the cliffhanger for that one. Like oh. if you're, like you said, if you're reading it month to month, you're like, oh fuck, yeah. like Alice yeah. is, she's is toast. <laughs> She's literally toast. Yeah. yeah. The 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 repetition of that castle panel throughout the story is so good and so so oh, clever yeah. because it has such an impact there at the end. We recognize it immediately mm-hmm. because we've totally. seen it and we've seen the trees growing through, which is in and of itself such a good design. But now the trees are gone-ish. It's just smoke <laughs> yeah. and, and ash. And, and yeah, Alice is in there. Yeah. And you also worry, like, oh shit, did he just like completely immolate his fucking army and now they're gone like it's like all kinds of questions at the end of this one while still being like a literally explosive huge crazy ending that like is satisfying as an issue but you're like oh fuck i can't i gotta wait until next month to get this but we don't and we go right to chapter eight (laughs) (laughs) but before we move on to chapter eight there's two things i want to and if you guys have other favorites from this 
Yeah, yeah. Something I really love while we're reading, especially reading it again with you guys, is the, the color scheme of telling the story during this ending. What I really love is we are, Dave Stewart has distinctly, um, of course, we have two Hellboys, right? One is our bright red, and then ours is this like very like subdued maroon, right? What I love is after this big fire, the smoke that's leaving the castle is Hellboy's red, and then he's left now maroon. Our hell, what we associate as our Hellboy, the good Hellboy, is now in the same. His color tone is now the evil one, and I love yeah. that. Some deep reading there. I think that's yeah. fucking like that. cool yeah. as hell. It's like the burned stripping, away his the good self. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. oh, then it's another cliffhanger to you to be like, oh fuck, did he just give up? Like in a yeah. weird and then like, of course we'll find out that's not true, but it's very interesting, I think, visually to do that. And I think my favorite panel of this, and I know we we spent a lot of time on the him getting beat up by this other Hellboy, but because Hellboy is a hero that I think we've we've seen him get in, in like get in a pickle or like a, a tough spot, but he usually gets out of it what i love is in the panel right before we have the big uh half page splash of him being pinned it's the the panel before that where his face and only like one eye is visible in the other demons uh uh coming through the demon's fingers mm. and him like screaming his mouth is open and it's like we're really seeing hellboy in that moment completely at a loss like desperation and I think we've seen him not at this point. And it's very interesting. I love that panel because I'm seeing my hero in anguish mm-hmm. and it's with himself. And I love that. <laughs> Just great story. Deep. Story. Hell yeah. That's all. <laughs> I think that's a great one. I, I mean, I think it, it's interesting too, in the same issue where we're talking about like being a little bummed at Hellboy's design you have this crazy ass dragon that he's writing on in the one panel <laughs> that looks unlike unlike any dragon that i've seen in other stuff it's he's got like these like funny like little like sort of horse head but in where the eyes would be you have these other kind of truncated horns (laughs) and then this exposed vertebrae that looks crazy and like it's just a crazy looking like serpentine kind of a thing it's just bonkers is this like a pig ear on the side like i'm trying to like look at it and be like what am i looking at (laughs) it looks Um, like, like a trunk of a tree yeah. Slash horse skull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. It's wild looking. Yeah. So that's kind of like cool. Where you're like, oh, that's a weird freaky guy. <laughs> it reminds me of like in Berserk where like you get to see all kinds of fucking weird demons. Um, Like that stuff's really fun. Favorite panels in this one? I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I like that opening, like the third panel of the whole comic where you have the hanging knight with the sword pointing at Hellboy. I think that's yeah. really super evocative of what's going on in his mental state. Even the panel before that on the first page, the mm-hmm. the second panel just of the knights is such a nice composition. Totally. Yeah. This kind of they're kind of like winding back, you know. You mm. have this one kind of zigzagging back to to see all of them. Oh, it's cool. And yeah. that first that first panel of the tree, it's like you're saying, like, they're really getting you used to seeing the exterior of this castle. Yeah. So that you can you see can, it destroyed later. You start in the- and finish basically on the same the same shot. Yeah. It's freaking cool. Pretty well done. Cool yeah. stuff. And I, I, this is a small detail, but I love with the coloring and also just, like, using little small hashes is, like, how they've given Hellboy's skin such, you know, rough texture versus mm. when you when he's with Alice... 
she's her her skin is so smooth you know what i mean it's just this cool contrast between the two i think there's just such a softness and a roughness yeah figredo does a lot with like you know 10 little hash marks on hellboy you know kind of like tells a lot and then i always love like this is the same thing i like when artists draw like colossus i really like too the way that they draw very small lines of light reflecting off of like the like i mean i'm looking back at this image of hellboy that we're that we're all not in love with but i do love how they execute the like rune circles on the shoulder, just like that really thin line of light that continues the line, like through the shadows on his arm. Like, uh, like, and it does make me think of Colossus when you see him, like the way that artists will like draw this like shadow of metal that stops just before that line. Like, I think it just is such a convincing, like cool kind of like deceptively, like hard way to draw. It's like, it's a little like confusing for me. Like for me, I'm like, I want to draw this to like figure it out visually, yeah. but it, it like makes it, it, I don't know. It just is like a really small thing, but I always love when I see it in comics. Like it's not like distinctive for Grado. I think a lot of artists do that, but I, I do like how he executes it. It's really cool. I agree. You see, you see it on the, in the armor in the sort of dream slash future Hellboy in the other paintings yeah. too, on, on his torso and on his legs. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. His I mean, arms like that. And, and Manuela before him were the masters of sort of building a texture with the least amount of line work, which yeah. is the hardest fucking thing in the world. Like, yeah. Just, just strategically placed lines and and I mean it's it's also just cartooning shorthand. But yeah. they figured it out in 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 the best possible way. You know, like you don't have to draw a 1990s Wolverine with a hairy chest where every fucking line is doing <laughs> yeah. you can do. And it's maybe even more impactful to do like in the last panel, Hellboy there with a dozen tick marks. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I know what that is. You're right. Next, let's move on. You know, yeah. like yeah. It, it reads as the same. Yeah. It's great. I love 90s Harry Wolverine too. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you there's, gotta, there's, there's a time, a time like, and a place for this. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, you can't have. You I can't don't have need one like a million hash marks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. I'm sure that I'm trying to think of all the artists that have done Hellboy pinups and pieces before, and he he like the visual language of Hellboy is so distinct. I don't know that I would love. Actually, I would. I would love to see him in other styles, but I don't know if I would enjoy the artwork as much. I would love to see, right. you know, yeah. different people doing them. Of course I would. We'll have to do yeah. a, pin, a pinup episode, collect all the pinups. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> and compare. There's got to be, be uh, do I was a ranking. Hellboy show years ago, uh, a, a, a gallery show where a bunch of artists were invited and there were comic book artists and cartoonists and then painters and fine artists as well. And there's a handful of them that I remember really stuck out. I, I did, there were two pages that Duncan Fagredo put in, uh, his original ink wash pages from the what's the the young hellboy story where he goes to the circus have you guys done that we haven't covered it yet but sure, I know the midnight yeah called? the midnight, midnight circus. circus yeah yeah so some pages from the midnight circus which are you know unbelievable and beautiful and then there were a couple painters who did hellboy pieces and one edward kinsella who's an illustrator who, whose work i love did one that sticks out to me that it was like you know very much hellboy and very much this this specific artist's yeah. interpretation but it worked very well 
Anyway, um, tangent. We can get I love it. That's a great. That's cool. Uh, hopefully, maybe we can look it up. We'll try to find it. If you if you look that up, yeah, I don't remember the name of the show, but if you look up Edward Kinsella Hellboy, it'll pop up. Right. This was like years ago when I was in LA, and uh, it's when I met Mike Mignola. He was there. Oh, hell oh yeah. cool. Well. Yeah. How was that? It was great. I mean, you know, it was the opening night. It was a busy thing. I, yeah. He was very polite to me and then forgot. You know, like, <laughs> right. he's yeah, a polite yeah. guy. You know? Yeah, he's like he's meeting a hundred people that yeah, day. He yeah, he did shit. Yeah. So, yeah. but it was fun to have a piece in the show. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Love it. All right. Chapter eight. I was about chapter to say eight. seven again. Yeah, like a dummy. Chapter eight, man. Our final and then, and chapter. Another, yeah. And another panel of the exterior of the castle now, like with this ashen kind of color scheme going on i love the color this like pinkish color to the moon it reminds me when the fires are really bad in la and the sun yeah. you can like look directly at the sun because there's just like layers yeah. of ash in there so very <laughs> realistic as far as tons of ash being surrounded uh surrounding this place we see that a lot of the knights seem to have you know i mean not survived but like they continue they're like smoldering and smoking a little bit but they're not totally gone the ropes haven't like burned away they're still there the cobwebs have burned away cobwebs are going yeah i love that yeah. detail yeah it's really it's just, cool I was just going back to flip back to see if, if uh, yeah yeah <laughs> if, if the cobwebs are all gone yeah so in a way it's almost like okay so at first when you see that it's like oh shit did he like destroy his army somehow but really it's like maybe i don't know a way of like burning away that old the like kind of this crust and age that has like been surrounding them and now they're like maybe ready to go i don't know and yeah hellboy's hearing do it save the world the rest will play out as it will in its own time like this uh, hearing astros words as he's like going to alice's room searching for her opens the door and she is reduced to an ash-covered skeleton <laughs> lying in the bed it's like horrific like ash is rising from her you know her remains and hellboy's just he, he already has his horns ripped off he's ripped off his horns in the interim between these two you know they're like jagged in the way that they are whenever he rips his horns off and he walks up to her it's just quiet he like he you can he like he's not surprised he like as soon as he saw that you know this flame had erupted from him i'm sure he knows like she he expects her to be like this but it's still like really solemn. So it's and, very tragic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, that like he knew, he knew. Yeah. It's and it's, a, you know, another example of him even unintentionally embracing that power that he has. And it, it and look what happens. And look yeah. What happens. Yeah. Yeah. I love that there's no big, you know, melodramatic, like, ah, no. Right. Was, no, like, tears are so shed. sad and destroyed. Yeah. without that over the top kind of uh yeah melodrama just this like weight yeah this mm. weight on him especially like he sits by her, uh, on the bedside looking at her and thinking back to her words of like the sword why didn't why didn't you take it and it was stuck in a big floating rock like thinking of, i think like <laughs> judging himself in this moment feeling almost nothing because he's felt so much he's like He's like completely like like saturated by at this point by emotion. Like there's no like room for him to cry out. He's just like his face is like void. Mm. But he's thinking back to like him saying, I, I think it's such an interesting thing of overlapping his kind of like flippant 
tone, his like flippant way of saying stuff with like this fucking very heavy panel where he's he's like processing Alice's death. And he's thinking about their last conversation where he says this kind of dumb thing where he's like, it was stuck in a big floating rock where there's like no special <laughs> last words there. Like, I think that that's really cool. And like, I think Mignola shows like, that's like a very, like, I think that's like a very mature thing in like storytelling. It's like, yeah, there's no big grandiose, like kind of last words between them. It was like this conversation where of course it was important, but Hellboy's never been one to be like super articulate about this shit. He's like, he treats it almost dismissively. He treats it, he talks about it in this way to kind of give it less power, I think. Like that's kind of been throughout the whole Hellboy story. He like is flipping about shit, mm-hmm. but this is like playing over in his mind as he's like fucking depressed as shit, flashing back to, you could have pulled it out. Uh, you know that. And he looks at her smoldering skull and, <laughs> you know, is just kind of staring at her. And then Vasilisa reappears to him saying like, it's a good question, like why, that Alice asked him, why didn't you pull the sword from the stone? And he says at first, that it's like, oh, well, Morgan Le Fay, you know, she's like a trickster and like her son killed Arthur. And so, you know, I didn't totally trust her to pull it out. And she's like, yeah, that's not why, like, why did you, did you really not take it? And he's like, she kind of calls him on that immediately. I like that. Then, that's, that's a believable lie that he would tell right. himself, yeah. or that we, that one would tell oneself. Like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Where it's like, the, even as, as the reader, you're reading, you're reading that and it's like, oh yeah, she's like, Morgan Le Fay is not totally a trustworthy person. Yeah. Like there's all kinds of different stories about them. Like in some versions, Mordred's good. In some versions, Mordred like fucks Guinevere and like takes over the kingdom while Arthur's away. Like, they're, <laughs> you know, they're not like all trustworthy. So it would make sense that Hellboy would maybe think that, but it's like, no, that, you know, that's true, but that's not why you... Yeah. didn't do it and confirms yeah. enough in his sad state you're right <laughs> yeah you're right yeah and he had just and he finally reveals to vasilisa like okay she's not gonna believe lies i'll just tell her what's happening basically on the way to alice's i ran into these giants i could have avoided them but i chopped them up into fucking bits and i loved it and what does that say about me if i if i just take this little shard of a sword and destroy people if i got excalibur what if i'm an absolute monster and fall right into everything that these people are saying about me vasilisa says you are so ready to believe all the bad things said about you and then we see all of the bad things said about him (laughs) in this really cool panel where it's like all of these figures you know all the way back from uh rasputin and uh, like Astroth and fucking Queen Mab is in there. and The Bagrush. The, yeah, the Bagrush is there, which is really cool. It's cool to like see, to actually physically see all these characters and kind of remind the reader like, yeah, from 20 years ago, people have been saying this to him, <laughs> saying that he'll destroy the world and Nungan the great beast, you can't escape your destiny. You'll take up your father's sword, all this stuff. And Vasilisa asks, why can't you believe what she believed? And then there's this kind of like sweet panel of Alice in like a bright, sunny, you know, in this glade where she's like looking very beautiful and there's like sunshine and birds and greenery behind her. A very non-Hellboy panel. No yeah, sad, very much so. No, yeah. no atmosphere, just a very clean, yeah. Yeah, and just, uh, you know, like a positive interpretation of his, of, of his like fate, kind of. 
So yes, Vasilis is kind of like reminding him of that. Forget armies and saving the world. She knew you. She believed the sword would save you. She believed you were worth saving. So yeah, he's, I think, you know, while he's been denying these people this whole time and been like, I'm not going to do that. And like in the face of all of these other characters telling him you're fated to destroy the world, you're a Nungan Rama, you're going to like bring about Armageddon, basically. He's said he's denied it and said no, but he's been like internalizing it and believing it and being scared of his own power. Like if he if he like becomes that powerful, he'll just destroy the world. So instead, I'm just going to get fucking wasted with ghosts over here. And Vasilis is like confronting him with that, like you're worth saving. And then he hears his name being called, looks over his shoulder and sees like illuminated with this kind of like eerie green light and sees the sword in the stone appearing in the darkness, uh, which is really cool. (laughs) It looks really cool. Um, Really spooky, like ghost story kind of. And then we see as he's like approaching it, these fae, creatures and figures that we've seen throughout the story are like watching this happen. Like Queen Mab saying, Dagda recognized him. Poor old man. He should have lived to see this. And like Astaroth's watching now as like Vasilisa and Hellboy are walking towards the sword. Hellboy, you know, walks into the water and we see like Malomi and I guess is that? That's Edgar Gray. Oh, okay. Edward Gray. Why did I say Edgar? It's not Edgar Wright. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) Edward Gray. And we yeah. see like Baba Yaga and like her little minion guy, I forget his name, but uh, watch all of them watching this happen. The witches watching this happen in their cauldron and his really cool, like great illustration of his hand reaching for the hilt. And then we see a carving of Arthur with King over it. We see Arthur's remains and all of his like knights hanging all of their remains seeming to look too, you know, it seems like their heads have kind of turned towards this. <laughs> like they're no longer just like limply hanging. They're kind of like looking towards Hellboy doing this also towards the reader, which is like a cool, like little eerie effect, I think. And Hellboy's just like, son of a, like, so even still with all of this happening, it, like the weight of all this is happening. He's like, almost going to say son of a bitch, but it's like still like son, you know, son of Arthur, son of, you know, there's all this like fun, like layers of shit that he's saying. And then as he pulls it out, he, the atmosphere completely changes. He's back on like the moors or whatever, where he and Alice met Queen Mab and she's there and she's alive and it's great. And like petals are falling and stuff. Um, so it's really cool. Um, and she totally doesn't remember anything about going to Morgan Le Fay's castle. She's like, oh man, I, you know, we called Queen Mab and then I just knocked out. <laughs> and so he hugs her. She's like, you did it. You're okay. So are you. But then we see, of course, Morgan Le Fay back in her like beautiful, imposing state with all of her like crazy clothes, like her super ornate, beautiful clothes, looking down at like not like chess pieces exactly, but like these little game pieces that look very much like chess pieces with a little figure, a little red figure in the middle of one white side and one black side. 
Mm-hmm. And she's kind of clasping her hands in this sort of like great villainy way, like a little wringing of her hands just to be like overseeing kind of this whole thing with a little red figure in the middle. And then the next panel, a little red figure, but it's it's Nimue on the top of her mountain or uh, top of her hill communicating with Morgan, which is cool. What are you playing at, Morgan? Who doesn't respond? You think that sword will make a difference? Let him raise his army. Let him come against me if he dares. So she's like still being like, yeah, whatever. Like he got that, but who cares? And she says all this cool shit. She says like, he'll find swords sharper and keener to drink blood. Only my army's not come yet. Soon, soon, but not yet. But she's looking a little sad. She's like looking a little dejected here. Like we see for the first time, she's like looking down and she her like brow is a little wrinkled. And her expression is less like, you know, she actually has an expression that's anything except for imposing, which is what it's been this whole time. This is the first time that we see her as anything less than confident. Yes, exactly. I think all before this, she was like, there's nobody, there's nothing that can challenge me. I have this thing, it's going to get done. And for the first time, it's like, oh, I actually, I can talk big, but I actually have to deal with this now. It's interesting yeah. because as soon as someone else, like to jump ahead one or two pages, as yeah, soon yeah. as someone else recognizes that too, she's right back to right. the yeah. all-powerful and how dare you. And there's this is absolute that that my reign as the as the blood queen is is happening. Yeah. Which is <laughs> really cool. Yeah. You yeah. see how like you see how any kind of, like oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh any vulnerability. Mm. in her like Hellboy's like strength is his vulnerability and he like doesn't want to become stronger while she is like all she craves is strength all she craves is like these legions to Mm. help her fight and get her get her fucking blood holocaust that she wants so like two completely different characters but yeah Graugach sees that he's like make me big Uh, now's the time and she refuses he says oh you can't you don't have the power to do it. And like, exactly like you said, Jonathan, she's like, what? And like, yeah. becomes this big, like <laughs> yeah. rises up and like becomes huge, bursts into flames, smacks Graugach behind, back behind this whole legion, like literally like out of the plane. The yeah. Right, smacks <laughs> yeah. him like into a different plane where he, now when he like looks upon the mountain, it's not this like dark yeah. gathering of her, of her army it's just a completely like oh it's just a mountain he's like totally cast out of her followers out of her like legion and he's just crying and it's pathetic it's really sad yeah. um, is has the worst life <laughs> right it makes you think back to like a few issues ago where he was like wandering through purgatory almost like through this like gray fog and now he doesn't even you know he did all this work to bring back Nimue and now she's cast him aside because he like showed one moment of doubt and now he's out on his ass and that's yeah. it Woof. yeah that, that fucking hedgehog got promoted Right. Is that a, that sounds like a line from Shakespeare? It's so specific. Better a hedgehog to serve me. I don't know if it yeah. is or not. But I don't know. Is it, it, is. it sounds I like one. Like it does sound like such a weird animal to like. Right. <laughs> maybe because they're little. It ancient. definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, she says that like disparaging line, and then there's a little she, like you said, they have a little panel of the hedgehog being yeah. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, you can see if they, I'm a hedgehog. Yeah. Like that. me. 
Is she saying she likes she hedgehogs, guys? Right? <laughs> <laughs> tell me the truth. Yeah. And then, so after we see that kind of scene of Nimue simultaneously being like showing a little weakness, but also doubling down on her determination to get this army and shed blood, goes back to Alice recapping what Hellboy's just told her, which of course he like told her half of the story again, you know. He's got to work on his communication because he's mm. really just like leaving her with half of the info. So while I was sleeping, uh, getting poisoned by a fairy arrow, Morgan Le Fay, half-sister of King Arthur, took you for a walk, showed you Excalibur floating in a pond, and you pulled it out. Simple as that, pretty much. So yeah, he doesn't tell her all this shit about <laughs> Astro showing up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I do love that little that white line, that motion line. Right, of you him can kind see of swinging like, as a kid, like <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah, sword cutting like a little blade of grass off. Yeah, like, look <laughs> what I got! I get this sword. Now. <laughs> right. Oh, this is <laughs> neat. Yeah, yeah, it was like the most like this holy sword that's like between yeah. to yeah. Arthur. It's like he's kind of like whipping it around, getting the weight of it and stuff. Yeah. It, yeah, in a very casual way. It's so fun. So yeah, Hellboy seems a little more keen on raising this army. Now that Alice is back, he's like not so dejected and sad and and like, you know, doesn't know what to do with himself. Now he's kind of like a little bit accepting it. Hmm. The noble dead of Britain. I don't like the sound of that. Neither do I. So he's still like doesn't quite know what's going to happen, but he's sort of he's like, OK, now you're the king of Britain. Yep. Well, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> and then it cuts back to the Osiris Club, right? Am I calling them the wrong yeah, thing? Yeah, you're right. It's the okay, Osiris well, Club. Um, I didn't know if they were the Heliopic Brotherhood of Ra. I always get those. They two just mixed reference, up. yeah. They're two of them, the, you know, <laughs> crazy cult groups. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which crazy cult of old white guys is this? Um, they have, so they're, of course, watching this whole thing go down. Two of the members, two of the like newer members are like, fuck, we got to call the prime minister. They get fucking capped immediately by the leader of the Osiris Club. <laughs> it's like they were, and the, somebody else calls them out. They were club members. Yeah. And they were, they were great. They did a great job and you did a great job too. I love that that's but, such a fucking, like, that's why you shouldn't have killed them. Cause they were club members. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. well, it's like, they paid their dues. They yeah, parked yeah, in the right exactly. parking spot all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, those are specific. other rich guys. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they were club members. I'm sure he sees like a little writing on the wall for himself too. Or it's like, yeah, mm. they were club members just like you. And they're like, yeah, sure. You are a club member. You've been here for, for 20 years, but we are the seven original club members who basically like, you know, they, they are for hundreds of years. Yeah. 100. Yeah. Over hundred years. Yeah. 1866. I, yeah. Why would they invite anyone else into the club? Was it, what you going to invite right. somebody else in? If ultimately Is it just like for connections need... for every, right, I don't yeah, know. Like... I think it's wealth maybe to keep, you know what I mean? Like, more wealth to keep the, it going so they can keep having like whatever the to resources they want. Shit. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's it's like it's going to cause a problem to the point where you have to just shoot them. Have, yeah, you <laughs> shoot somebody. But I guess if that's all they have to do, you know, that's not the hardest thing for them. They're like, yeah, we'll shoot them. So yeah, back when their group was formed, the spirit Larzad appeared to us, blessed us, telling them that we would see live to see the last days of man. And we should watch for the coming of the king. So like, yeah, they're like, this was foretold to us when we formed this group. It's all happening. So we're going to go back to the, we're going to call this group, go back to the original seven, because we were 
as it was foretold to us, that's what's going to happen for that battle. And that King are upon us. And then he points the gun right at this last, you know, this eighth member and shoots him. Before we get to the shoot and we move on, uh-huh. I love, the, I love that they're setting up also like they're not done. They're also going to be like, they're so self, like, like they're just all in service of themselves because he says he would refuse his crown, but his soldiers would know him. And in the end, he would bleed them into the last battle. And there he would be killed. And we seven shall be there to cut off his right hand and use it to elevate ourselves over all that yeah. remains. It's like, you guys, it's like, like seven little just... Rasputins who are like, I'm going to get that right hand of doom. Andrew Jihad is going to make <laughs> yeah. me, I don't know what, give me a PlayStation 5. Like, what the fuck is your motivation <laughs> for like bringing back Andrew Jihad at this point? I don't know. I guess that's that's always the thing for me, though, where, where it's like someone is serving the devil with the intention of ending the world. It's like, I guess you want to be a king in this new par- evil paradise. Like, I don't know. It always makes me think like, to what end? really but it's you know i i it's i like it enough cuz like you know like evil people and like billionaires exist to just exploit the world until they until there's nothing left like that exists those people are kind of real so i accept it in this story and let it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> let it be it's, yeah it's all about you know power and yeah. you know what's the there's a line better better to be king in hell than a servant in heaven or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. yeah that's it. Which plenty of people actually fucking ascribe to. Yeah, I guess. like in in our yeah in our world. Yeah. So so creepy. Elsewhere, I love this like very big elsewhere kind of a thing. I um, like that because at the very beginning of the the issue as well, the the location box is somewhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Somewhere but it's also like it's elsewhere. like if you're if you're this far invested in the story, you can like you know where it like once it's revealed where it is and it's also not important that you know like you know it doesn't have to be like somewhere in sweden like who gives yeah, a shit who just like it doesn't matter on this other plane yes exactly um, there's layers now we've now like they've established there's layers of planes of reality which yeah. you know graugok we got kicked out of it's like yeah it's definitely elsewhere <laughs> yeah and we hear like ting 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 and as we like kind of enter this cavern we see a a king dead with like an ornate gold and like bejeweled dagger lying close by and this little blacksmith hammering away at something and he, we see his weeping face forever weeping yeah always got tears in his eyes he's always murder. either scared <laughs> yeah. or horrified at the thing he has to do and he's the one who uh approached Nimue a few issues ago with the crown, which she told him, go back, make this crown into a dagger, kill your king. He did it. And make me an iron crown with these three crows on it. And I'll be this like war goddess, basically this blood queen instead of this queen of witches. And he holds it in his little hands and it, it looks really it looks sick as hell. It looks really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so. that's the end of the eighth one. So it's like even with this, it's like you do get some closure where you're like, okay, help was on the right track, but I gotta know, like, let me know what happens right now. Like, I want to get immediately yeah. to the next thing. But yeah, what a cool, what a cool story. And I don't remember how long the reader has to wait until the next volume. Oh, man. It's a, Probably like a fucking two years. I, I mean, yeah, like stuff, there were chunks you know? of time, I think. Yeah. 
I will confirm for you in a moment. Not for us with our <laughs> library editions. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, let's see. Let's see when the, the storm and the fury. It's going to be like 2010. Okay. Okay, so uh, like half a year or something like that. Yeah, not as long as not as long as. I think at this point they're just he's just like I know where this goes. So they've got it. momentum. Yeah. Wow! 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 Any favorites <laughs> uh, moments panels from this this final issue of the Wild Hunt? That close up of of Hellboy pulling out the sword is one of my favorites. Yeah. Is such a delicate, you know, such a well observed, delicate hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As it's in that 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 split second before he's actually flexing the muscles, putting any weight on the sword, it's yeah. just reaching for it. It's so good. Yeah, yeah super That's like good. soft gesture for mm-hmm. such a huge, meaningful thing that he's doing, and also with his like more human hand. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a it's like his own decision. Point. It's not like anything that I mean. He's being compelled to do it by other people, but he he's making this decision on his own, which, you know, maybe I'm giving this panel more weight than whatever, but I, I think it's like, I think no, it's I'm done sure intentionally. That intentional. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that that is. It's a great point. And now yeah. that you pointed it out, his little swing of the sword is really, I really <laughs> do love it. It's so good. I love kid. that. Yeah. I, that's a great moment. <laughs> and Morgan LeFay's little hands too, like clasped and I, I do like that panel. Yeah. Her like haughty sort of like chin up that sort of gesture. Up, yeah. yeah. I think is really nice. I like that through like the last issue, we kept getting like little panels of like flashes of like little like chess pieces in a sense or mm-hmm. game pieces. And now it's sort of come to this culmination of her above all those pieces, which is mm-hmm. really nice. I love that. This is this isn't a favorite panel, but this is something that was just was in my dumb little brain while we were reading it. Is like in the moment of him taking the sword out. I love that we're flashing on its own. I think it's cool that we're flashing to all these like different um, beings watching it take place. Mm-hmm. But it reminded me of like movie like movie moments where like something like an event is happening nat- like on national television and you always in a <laughs> yeah. movie they cut to people like listening to the radio or watching television in their living rooms or yeah. like we're at the yeah. cafe oh we're at a we're a couple of mechanics that are stopping working on the cars right watching like in. a moon landing or some shit <laughs> yeah it just reminded me of that but in this in the hellboy larger mystical universe and i loved that like that <laughs> uh just done very well yeah uh, i mean the gravagog stuff is just Sad as hell. I love yeah. that. Favorite panel. I mean, you guys are touching on all a lot of it. I, I think one of my favorites is just help when right before when he sees the panel before we see the um the sword in the in the stone emerge in the uh after he's with Alice's bones, his face looking back over his shoulder. I think that I love that panel. His expression is just so telling and perfect in that. I love it. I think it's great. Totally. So well lit that panel too. The you can sort of that that whole page you can see the suggestion of the sword revealing itself. Yeah. In such an interesting yeah. way. Good stuff. Jeez. Oh yeah. We're just like <laughs> silently taking right. it. In. Yeah. This I mean, is uh, good podcasting. Us right, looking right. Yeah, yeah. Slipping back and forth. Um, that's, yeah. I mean, that does say a lot. Like when it's something like a book or a comic book can quiet can like shut mm-hmm. you up <laughs> yeah. so cool. oh, yeah how i mean 
Did this live up? My question for you, Kate, because you're new to this for the first time. Really yeah. Wild Hunt. Did this live up to the hype that like maybe I had built up or other readers or people, you you know, did it live up to what people love about this? Because people do consider the Wild Hunt some of their like absolute favorite storylines. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's just a, it kind of does the same thing that they all do where it's like you just want to keep reading it. It's like not. I mean, it's certainly not like a self-contained story. There's like, this is like the culmination of like decades of, of buildup at this point. So it's like satisfying to read in that way. But at the same time, like it still leaves you with not a cliffhanger exactly, but like, you know, another chapter will follow and you have to like, I would just want to find out what's going to happen to him. I still, I, I always like him being able to come out of the story kind of like on his own terms, deciding to try to do the right thing, whatever that's going to be, even if it maybe leads to something else bad that he doesn't intend. Yeah, I thought it was cool. And just learning he's like this descendant of Arthur. I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, he's really getting tied in here to all this other crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just like geek out. Like Arthurian legend stuff is like when I was a kid, that was so cool to me and like Merlin and stuff like that. I just thought it was neat. We kind of talked about that the last uh episode we probably talked about it every episode but that's right. okay <laughs> like that merlin made for tv movie with yes, like sam neill i haven't watched it yet <laughs> i was I, like oh I that was like shit would, when I, I was little i remember that yeah i remember like being excited for that oh yeah <laughs> i was so jazzed when that was coming getting on. ready for it yeah <laughs> i mean even taped it off the tv yeah it was so cool yeah, I Oh, yeah. Um, it's all on YouTube. I looked it up immediately after last episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it I think it totally lives up to it. And I, you know, and it's cool to see like Figredo doing so much of this stuff. I just love his uh he does like great hands and gloves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think he does like, you know, almost like these mitts. It's so funny, you know, like the hands are so they feel like so solid and like leathery you know mm-hmm. and veiny and like there's just a lot of great texture to them and he just gives them a lot of love and they're always something like the express like there's never like a stock hand in his uh, drawings you know they're always in an interesting position and like it's easy to just do a little stock hand do some expression that's you've seen a lot of times because they're hands people draw people draw these things a lot but mm-hmm. i think they i think he always makes them look cool and interesting and i'm always looking at them in you know whatever figure he's drawing i'm like checking them out these big like flat fingernails and shit like i think you know i think they look really cool i'm looking through the the glove imagery as well oh yeah the gloves yeah his like because it's not just like like there's a hand within a glove there you You can see yeah yeah. it never feel yeah it doesn't feel empty there's still like this great anatomy to it underneath Mm -hmm. which is so cool Yeah, especially the last panel because mm-hmm. he the, the blacksmith is wearing almost is like he's wearing gloves and you can fully and it almost looks like gloves that also have his fingers exposed. So you're getting all of it. it looks well, you like. see, like it's that same thing of like Jonathan talking about the cartoon shorthand with like five little dash marks. I can tell that they're like heavy leather blacksmith mm-hmm. gloves. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in context, of course, too, like, you know, that he's hammering metal and stuff like that but they feel thick and heavy it's just really cool the way he like renders that fabric 
It's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. I'm <laughs> leaving you off with gloves. Like, I'm leaving you off with gloves. The littlest, dumbest detail. What about you, Jonathan? Uh, Jonathan, with re-exploring it with us, and you read it, the whole thing, and then came on just to talk, of course, about mostly two issues. But what were you, similar to Kate, like what were your your big, major, broad, or specific takeaways that you maybe haven't voiced yet of revisiting it? I, I mean, yeah, like I said, the the first thing that struck me was what I said at the beginning of the episode was like, damn, reading this month to month must have been so rewarding. Yeah. But like, you know, it, this is what I don't know if this is my favorite Hellboy story or not, but this is the one that I think of when like, what is Hellboy about? What encapsulates the character of Hellboy is seen in this better than any any of the other stories. And then from a narrative leading forward, this goes into stuff that I won't ruin for Kate. <laughs> uh, but but it, but it does it does like put us in a very specific place where there's, I, I don't know if, if Mignola at this point knows the ending or not, but as a reader moving forward from here, there's a very specific road that we're on. Cool. Um, well, and like I said, that. you know, Figredo's really comes into his own here, I think. Yeah, even in the afterward, Mignola's like, he loves his work here, but he's like, he does even better in the next yeah. The finalization yeah. of the storm and the fury like Mignola's like you like Duncan now wait till, yeah. <laughs> wait till the next story because you're gonna fucking be blown away yeah uh, it's just it's so good um yeah I mean it, it more than than lives up to my memories of it I, like I said I think earlier too I, I reread Hellboy every couple of years and and finishing this now or you know as soon as we're off as soon as we finish recording I, I want to go get the next yeah, yeah. I don't blame you at all. I want to do the yeah. same thing. I think the only reason I won't is because we have like I'll be continuing on the whatever we have next. <laughs> uh, but Kate, if you want to read ahead, you can always do that. Um I might. I am I'm the I I love this thing. I love it so much. So I'm uh, I both of what you said is completely true. I'm gonna complain a bit about the movie because I think this sort of material. <laughs> I I'm just almost like shocked that like I'm just shocked at like certain certain things they like from like a guy that loves movie I love movies like the fact that they just didn't build in the, some of these characters into even like one movie I get it there's a lot to fit in there but like the fact that she wanted to be like Nimue is like so much more than just like I'm a witch you know what I mean that like wants power she's out for fucking as you you put it like a blood holocaust Kate. And the fact that she wanted this helmet made and it's so fucking cool and that this helmet is nowhere in the fucking movie makes me even more upset at that movie that I'm like, no one saw this panel. It was like, you know, we have to put this in the fucking movie. That is really right? surprising. Just, just yeah. for the virtue of the fact that it's such an easy prop. You, like, yeah. It's such an obvious prop, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, give her a helmet. Or just like any, I mean, and I don't even know if, is Akhtar Jihad mentioned in the Del Toro movies? He, yes, I don't even because we see Akhtar Jihad at the end. Remember the, the it actually comes down at the end of the he, first movie. The end of the okay. first movie. Right. Yeah. He, yes, I don't. I, I, we'd have to rewatch it or like go back and see how much yeah, it was actually said. But, it's but definitely I don't think in the end. 2019 version there's any like mention of it. Like I don't know. It just each. I mean, 2019. And the end, the end of the second Del Toro movie, feel like you know they're both just waiting for the next installment, and it's just like 
such a bummer that they wouldn't want to make the 2019 one kind of try to stand on its own because I think that yeah they've shot themselves in the foot with that like it's like nobody fucking liked that movie and now you don't get a second chance at making like the next installment of it and like I don't know I don't know the movie's just the 2019 movie just bums me out and it bums me out that Del Toro never got to like dive into the colossal like kind of cosmic shit that Hellboy becomes so yeah it just kind of makes me sad to think you know to think about that, I'm mostly I'm just excited that I'm going to get to read the comic and the like this vision that Mignola has had for like so long is going to actually I feel like that will pay off. So it's, it's like I'm way more satisfied just reading this comic than even thinking about the movies. Honestly. Hell yeah. Can, yeah. Do, you, do you know what happens in the comics? I don't know like, how this the, ends. Do you no, really I've <laughs> I've really like avoided spoilers yeah. pretty I mean it's, I think it's more luck than anything cuz well, I mean it's, I it's not like, you know, that prominent in the pop culture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sphere, yeah. I guess, but I mean, that's I awesome. kind of that's so, that's so cool. I have like a vague idea of what will probably happen and yeah. I think I've heard like I I, I don't know. I I might have like I don't know. I I just don't know exactly what's going to happen. I especially don't know how it's going to happen or like mm. what, you know, I don't know if Agdu Jihad shows up and like slam dunks on Hellboy or something. <laughs> I have no idea, <laughs> but I, I assume something, you know, there's going to be some crazy cosmic yeah. fucking sub. Yeah. It's all going to come to a head and be crazy. And that's I'm excited. For. Yeah. Something. I love that. Yeah. I've avoided and- it pretty successfully though. Well, you, I mean, you already spoil it for yourself because that's what happens. Uh, you know, literally, <laughs> literally comes, comes back and they have a basketball fight, like a yeah. basketball one-on-one match. Basketball fight. <laughs> no, basketball fight. Oh, <laughs> that's what they call it, right? <laughs> they play horse. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I, love uh, I love it. Well, I mean, I mean, this is why I mean, half the reason I love doing this sh- show with you is because we get to revisit and we have fresh eyes on it. You, yeah. <laughs> and we're yeah. almost we're almost to the point where I will have almost completely fresh eyes along with you, which is crazy to think. Cool. So, yeah, we've talked about that, but that's yeah, that's it. Any other either of you? Any other final thoughts before we no. wrap this thing up? I guess my I have a sort of a related recommendation. 30 right. Coins on HBO. Have you guys watched 30 Coins? I've only no. heard of it and never, don't know anything about it. It's cool. It's like, if you like the, um, if you like the demonic, like religious shit that kind of appears in this story, I think it'll be interesting to you. It's like super like religious, like fantasy, but it's like a cool show that was kind of surprising with the level of like fantasy that comes, like, it feels like a very real, like human story at first. And then it kind of surprised me with like the level of like violence and crazy shit that happens in it. Yeah. Super like interesting show. I've not done it yet. I'm on like the fourth episode, but I'm, I'm far enough in that I'll recommend people at least check it out. Oh, check it out. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I will. It's in, it's like, it happens in Spain and it's all in Spanish. So just, you know, prepare yourselves for subtitles, but it's, it's, you know, it's fucking great. I'm fine with subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. Bragging again. (laughs) I I can read. I can can read. read. (laughs) Take that brag. That's so silly. I love that. Yeah. So that's Um, it. I, I, my recommendation just comes from like the last thing I read that was not or Hellboy related because, uh, you know, we read a lot of it. And then I, of course, read other stuff. Uh, I caught up on the most recent trade of um, the Immortal Hulk. 
and I fucking love it. I think the cool. art, I think the art is amazing. I think it's relatable too if you're a Hellboy fan because it is like they've had created the they've opened up this whole weird green door hellscape that actually Hulk exists in, and some of the imagery is just is truly horrific and <laughs> wonderful. It's like body horror and everything all in this perfect. Uh, surprisingly Hulk book. So uh, I, for cool. years now, have been hearing people sing the praises of this book, and I haven't grabbed it. There's there's a bunch of trades of it out now. I gotta go get it. Yeah, I just been reading it digitally. Everyone, it, yeah, or, or, yeah. I still can't bring myself to do that. You shouldn't. I just <laughs> oh, do it because I'm. I, I get it. <laughs> you know, especially now, like I don't have any room. But yeah, I still like buying the. It'd be worth it. It's because the art is awesome and the story is just, it's fucking wild. (laughs) Yeah, this is is what everybody has said. So, and I know I've plugged that one before, but it's like I just caught up and I was like, I got to tell other people. Cool. (laughs) Anything you want to suggest for people to read or watch or see? To read or watch? Let's see. Anything that you've... What am I? What am I reading and watching right now? I'm rereading the Game of Thrones. I don't know if anyone's heard of oh, that. Oh, cool! Yes, yeah. never. Yeah, it's a, so fun. A, a little series. Um, <laughs> a little thing. Yeah, a little thing. Uh, I don't know. I've been just in general, like, yeah, I, I am. I am rereading the Game of Thrones. I've been reading uh, the Devil in the White City, which is a sort of historical. It, it's 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 not. I mean, it's a history. It's not a dry history. Like it's it's got. Uh, I've got it right here. Eric they Larson were, is, is there was the rumors writer. they were going to make it into a movie oh. with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, really? So yeah. it's about, yeah, the World's Fair in Chicago and then H.H. H. Holmes is sort of serial oh, cool. in uh, during that same time. So that's really oh, neat. Uh, and then Carmen is the comic book that I'm reading right now that I would recommend. Carmen, oh, cool. Oh, awesome. It's Gillian March's book from uh, that Image is putting out now. It's a translated version from the original. Oh, cool. I'm pretty sure Spanish. Oh yeah, sure. I'm gonna and check a, that out. It's a beautiful book. You're making yeah, me want to walk down the street to my the my. I have two comic book stores now. Secret headquarters is my main one, and then I have one down the street that I frequent and patronize because they're local. You're making me want to go down and uh, see if I got that. Uh, comics versus toys in Eagle Rock. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Run by a guy, a really nice guy named Ace. Nice. So, Coolest place. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, uh, that's great! I'm gonna to totally check out those. That's great. It's, that's... Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a beautiful book. It's uh, for for listeners. I mean, I would, I guess it's trigger warning. Like it's about suicide and and uh, there's nudity and you know yeah. all in service to the story. But it is it is not a book for kids. Yeah. Cool. I will. I won't give it to my niece. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, um, listeners out there, we want to hear your thoughts, of course, on your thoughts of all of the wild hunt and anything we've covered in these past episodes for the month of April. You can share your thoughts with us and have them on the show, of course, at ah crap a hellboy podcast at gmail.com. So please share your thoughts with us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, before we get out of here though, hey Jonathan, why don't you tell them? your website and where they can follow you online to keep updated with everything you're creating and any of your thoughts in regards to yes. comic books and stuff. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on Instagram at Jonathan Marks art and uh, my website is Jonathan And my Instagram has links to that. And then my website also has links to Patreon and Facebook and back to Instagram. 
Um, but the, yeah, the the books that I mentioned, uh, Mariner is available on my website. The Ivory King is the illustrated novel that'll be out soon. Um, will also be ultimately available on my website, and then Punch, uh, it uh, come this summer will be on the website as well. And it, you know, keep follow me there because that's where I'll announce. The, there are shops that carry some of them in. in specifically in, in LA and in California and then in New York, there's shops that have my books, the creator nice. own books. Oh, Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, great. Everybody buy all of Jonathan's stuff. Please. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, one of our, not only of one of our favorite guests of all time, but also a favorite artist out there. Uh, yeah. Illustrator. You're amazing. Thank you guys. You can follow us as well on Instagram at all crap, a Hellboy podcast, Twitter, all crap, Hellboy. You should subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast. If they give you that option to rate and review, do so. But if you please go out of your way to go on to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review that starts with the word BOOM, B-O-O-M. We will read your review right here on the show and give you praise. We call that a BOOM review. Please give us a BOOM review on Apple Podcasts. But that is it for The Wild Hunt. It's been a great April month. Kate, exploring this with you. Yeah, uh, you And did. a great way to end it with Jonathan. Thank you yeah. again for Jonathan for taking the time out of your day to spend it with us. Of yeah. course. Thank you guys for having me. I love doing this stuff. This is so yeah. good. Yeah, you'll be back. You know you will. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, and out there, all of the listeners, thank you for listening. And remember, we love you. How's New York, dude? Yeah, it's good. I mean, I'm still loving it here. I went, cool. you know, yeah, it's good. Did you it's live there be before? Time. No, I I mean, I have family up here and, oh, you know, cool. we it used to come up when I was like in high school and stuff. Yeah. I never lived here. It was one of my like places where I'm like, I should live in New York. Of course. Yeah. I should. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I'm still like, yeah, this place is, this feels right. I like it. That's great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Hi, my name is Lauren Ash. You may know me from starring in TV shows like Superstore or She-Ra or Scare Tactics. And I'm her sister, Christy Oxborough, semi-professional researcher and fully certified internet sleuth. And together, we are the hosts of True Crime and Cocktails, your new favorite true crime deep dive podcast. In season one of our show, we extensively researched all of the new Netflix Unsolved Mysteries episodes. And beginning in January 2021, season two will be a famous fatalities edition. From mysterious celebrity deaths to famous unsolved cases we'll be bringing you more boozy true crime combos so put on your pjs pour yourself a drink and join our true crime slumber party new episodes of true crime and cocktails drop every tuesday campfire 